Welcome to Watch Out a Movie Podcast. I'm Mitch and this is Harry. Yo. Um, so I'm gonna start something gonna start this off differently and start with a consensus for a movie. And Harry, you then have to guess what the movie is. Okay. Alright. Fast, wacky, and gleefully profane, the fourth wall busting blank subverts superhero f- film formula with wild and decidedly non-family-friendly results. What movie do you think that is? Now, this is a trap. Um, look, I've seen the title of this episode. The, <laughs> the, audi- the audience has seen the title of this episode. So I'm going to guess Birds of Prey. Um, it actually is the consensus for Deadpool, the original Deadpool movie, which... Um, <sighs> Uh, long story short, I think this movie is very much a knockoff of stylistically. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> it is like to a T, like beat for beat, struck like the way it's structured and paced. It's it's just fucking Deadpool one. Yeah. I just want to get this yeah. off my chest before actually just getting into the movie, but it, it is so undeniable. I realized like a quarter into the movie, I was just like, this is exactly what deadpool did and then by the end of the movie i was like this is also exactly how deadpool kind of like built to the climax yeah yeah it's um you're not the first person to point that out to me i didn't really notice it when i was watching but on reflection i'm like oh yeah it's yeah it's like starts starts all like poppy and disjointed and wacky and then kind of like turns into a generic movie kind of like blockbuster kind of ending by the end Mm. Yeah. Anyways, so what did you think about Birds of Prey, Harrison? Uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, I definitely liked it more than I didn't. I think it has a lot of mm. good qualities, but I also think it's kind of a mess. Yes. Um, I don't think it has any flat-out awful qualities, um yeah I'll, I'll agree there's nothing in it i say oh except for one thing that i'll get into that i hate about the movie it's just uh some of it doesn't work um which is just shame because i think a lot of it does it's it was kind of doomed to begin with the way i see yes. it and they somehow managed to pull out like a okay movie from the the ruin that was Suicide Squad. Because this movie is a direct sequel to the Suicide Squad movie that came out years back, like 2016, I think. That was awful. Like, truly awful. One of the worst AAA-released movies, I think. I still get caught up on how bad Suicide Squad is. Because it's Mm. a unique kind of bad. Like, it's... There's so much there. There was so much, like, hype for that movie. So much stories about all the cast, like, getting rowdy and, like, getting fucked up together. And Jared Leto Joker just, like, really inappropriately messing with his crew members and being just a Jared Leto creep. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as being the worst Joker in any portrayal yet that I've seen. Uh, worst Joker, full stop. Like, yeah, there's no question. Okay, good. Um... It seemed that whole movie seemed like a production trash fire. Like it seems like the director and producer David Ayer, his style of filmmaking was like, 
he gave the character to the actor, let them figure out what they wanted to do with that character, and then they went out and filmed 200 hours of scenes with, like, kind of vague scripts and outlines, and then they had to figure out how to edit that into a movie that makes sense, and they couldn't. Mitch, and that's what Suicide Mitch, Squad was. You know how you said you often get caught up on Suicide Squad? Yes. This is a red flag. You should know. You should have known this coming into this movie. But I think I'm I think I'm pretty wrapped up on it now, except for the fact that the few standouts of Suicide Squad wait, few. I can only think of one, which was Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yeah. She was definitely the best thing about that movie. Ooh, I forgot about Kill Croc. He was she, there. She was definitely the best thing about that yes. movie. Um Margot is like uh, the perfect casting for her. Mm, um, she is. She embodies the character very well, and she even did it in that trash fire that was Suicide Squad. But do you know what the big difference between this movie and Suicide Squad is? Now we have a woman director and a w- woman producing the movie, so that Harley Quinn isn't this weird voyeuristic sex symbol that she is in Suicide Squad that made me mm. very. Very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, that's Very probably, good change. Yeah, because that was awful. It was, like, slimy. Yeah, I just, just... I still, like, to be honest, am not a fan of, like, visually... Like, uh, I, I don't know. I just really like the old school classic harley look yeah and they made her into this weird like punk princess and it just doesn't doesn't feel right like i know they've kind of dialed it back quite a lot since suicide squad they've kind of lent away and i guess that's kind of contextualized in character as like she's leaning away from kind of the weird mexican gangster aesthetic that jared leto joker had for some reason and is now kind of going off in her own like elaborate like over the top kind of stylings but it's a little better, but it's still like I just like the slick classic Harley like jester yeah. kind of outfit. I, I I agree, but I honestly, and this feels bad to say, I honestly feel like that costume does not work in live action. That um, is a fair point. It, it's it's a, one of the best designs of the Batman lore, but it just looks. Like, and it looks good when you see, like, a cosplayer and all that, but it never looks like, I can't, I can't imagine a live-action blockbuster mm. with that outfit where she's not a big character. That's a if, fair point. If you she, say that about if, if a she was lot a, of superhero costumes, but, yeah, yeah I but Harley I th- Quinn in particular. Ha- Harley Quinn, a- because, I think maybe because she was specifically designed for animation, mm. there's something that's, like, super cartoony about her. Um and that costume. Uh, yeah, that's fair. May like maybe if you lose the head piece, you could have something more and just have the the leotard from it. But nah, I get where you're going from. I yeah. I'm just, not uh, the biggest it, fan of this Harley aesthetic, but I don't think it's wrong for the character. No, you're right. It it does work, and I guess it's more in line with like this new age of Harley Quinn in comics where she's, like, in the comics, as far as I gather, I haven't read anything. Yeah. She's kind of gone off in this direction where she's broken up with the Joker and is now, like, this freelance mercenary kind of character. Which is an interesting point because remember one night 
um, us two together went to see Paul Dini, who is the creator of the character. Oh, yeah. We saw him at an event and he talked and Suicide Sword had just come out as well. <laughs> um, and he was talking about his, how he created the character. And honestly, legacy wise, Harley is his greatest legacy or the big- biggest symbol of his legacy in the Batman yeah, lore. Yeah, like his, was that his only like straight up original creation for the Batman franchise? No, 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 no. But it's definitely his most successful and uh, not uh, also complete mistake to make her as big as she is. She just caught on mm, fire because there was something yeah, really think, good about I it. I think she she works a lot better as a small kind of tragic like see like kind of tragic character yes. who's trapped under the Joker's wing. Like now that she's kind of gone off by herself and come this like badass cool girl. Like I mean, that's good and all, but it feels kind of like like a like an OC character, like somebody's Mary Sue now. Yeah, if you go too far with it, I definitely think. But um, like I was saying with Paul Dini, he always thought the ultimate end for this character would be liberation, not necessarily redemption. But mm. liberation, and um, he always envisioned that for the character. But you know, with comic book status quotum, it yeah, will always nothing. return, and she could never really truly go in that direction. I don't think ever. Um, but the movies are a good way to do that. Yeah. Um, so if you can't tell, we're both uh, huge nerds. Harrison, in particular, Batman's Speak like. Speak for of- yourself. <laughs> Batman's one of Harrison's, like, top three things, as far as I can gather. Uh, yeah. While you're saying that, I am looking at my um, my shelf with Batman the Animated Series and a figure next to it from Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> mm, good. And, um, yeah, we um, have a history already. Our debut episode, in fact, was Joker- Yes. And um, we talked a lot about the Joker mythos, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And, we also um, talked about Jared Leto Joker for way too long as well. Yes. I'm going to... I feel like I don't have much more to say about Jared Leto Joker. Not until the Morbius movie comes out. Then I think it's going to burst from me again. Oh. Um, I think uh, one day, if we hit a certain mi- milestone, I haven't worked that out, we'll do a Suicide Squad episode. How about that? Yeah. And we, get, fun, get, and we can put that movie to rest because we need, we have been excuse. talking about that movie for like four years straight. We haven't stopped talking about that movie. I would like to see a counter of how many times we reference it across all of our reviews. Yeah, I would like a counter how many times we reference it just talking to each other normally. I think it's at least once a day. Oh, it must be. But um, oh, <laughs> why? Why are we like this? I don't know. God, Suicide Squad. Yeah, but do you remember Birds of Prey, the movie? Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, um, yeah. When when do you think it was that uh, major film studios realized that there was a lack of a uh, Bugs Bunny-like character in modern cinema for the past, like, two decades? <laughs> it was probably uh, when Deadpool came out again. Because now yeah, there's, like, Bugs Bunnies everywhere again. It makes more sense here because it is Warner Brothers. That's true. But, like, there's Deadpool, there's... Uh, Harley Quinn, there's the Jojo Rabbit in... I mean, the, fuck, the Hitler and Jojo Rabbit is kind of like a Bugs Bunny character. Coming back, man. The goofy 
pranksters, man. You break the fourth wall and fucking unhinge. That's that's um yeah yeah I I, I recognized it extremely in this movie because they make almost direct reference mm, to the character in particular. But, very um, fourth wall breaking in this. You're right. She wasn't in the last movie, if I remember. No, no one was. That was a serious movie. No one would break the fourth wall. Suicide Squad is a serious movie. <laughs> um, uh, I think I we should. On, I want that on a t-shirt. But yeah, it's time to start actually talking about the movie. Yeah. Um. So a quick recap. Uh, Harley breaks up with the Joker. Oh, first, the movie opens with a um animated sequence mm. retelling Harley's origin from her extreme youth. Um, I th- this is cute. This is a perfect way to start this movie. The animation style is great, and my favorite thing about this <laughs> this thing is that Joker's in it, obviously, because that's an important thing. But it's a generic Joker. It isn't Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, <laughs> classic like. More Jack Nicholson esque kind of like like white skin green hair, but it's like specifically it doesn't have the grills, it doesn't have the weird slick back hair or the tattoos or the no eyebrows. It is just plain old like nineteen seventies Joker. It looks like Arkham Asylum Joker. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, so that, it starts with that, and then Harley's broken up with the Joker. Do you remember why? Because it's not really said in this movie. Um, Is it just because... I think it happened... It was... I think they went for it to happen in Suicide Squad, but then I think in the end she ran off with him anyway. Oh, didn't she... Um, didn't he push her out of a helicopter or something? I think so. I th- Something like that. There was some kind of confrontation. Joker should have been the villain in Suicide Squad. Instead, he was just kind of there. But Oh, um, God, he was there. But uh, I think she ended up ditching them and running away with Jared Leto Joker at the end. And then she was and in this jail? Movie, and oh, no, he it. breaks her out. That's the- it. And then this movie just is like, yeah, fuck that. And yeah. has, it just shows a quick scene of her just getting thrown out by some goons, and that's it. Admittedly, if you were a sequel to Suicide Squad, you would also start with, fuck that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... So Harley's broken up with the Joker. She decides to pronounce this with an uh, uh, extreme proposal to Gotham by blowing up Ace Chemical Plants, the place where both of them uh, got their white skin and potentially craziness, but whatever. So she drives a truck into it and explodes it, um, kind of pronouncing to the whole underworld that Harley Quinn and the Joker has broken up, which means anyone who has beef with Harley can now actually do that without fearing the Joker's wrath. Mm, it was actually really interesting in the first... So the first half of this movie is kind of told in a fucking weird... As, yeah. As we said earlier, it's told in kind of a really confusing... Uh, or not super confusing, just kind of like needlessly over-the-top stylized kind of disjointed timeline, like zipping around, like flashing forward and back. Yeah. Much like the original Deadpool. Um, <laughs> and... In the opening, we see a lot of her just, like, drunkenly stumbling around. Because we get the impression she gets fucked up. She gets blind Mm. drunk. Like, post-breakup, she just goes to the club and gets wasted. (laughs) To the club. A a drunken decision, she decides, I'm going to crash this truck into the chemical plant. (laughs) As we've all been there. Let's be honest. But we see all these scenes of goons 
trying to like, you know, front up to her, but then nobody's willing to make a move because everybody knows that she's the Joker's girl mm. and everybody's scared of the Joker. So they let her do anything. And yeah. now, drunkenly deciding to blow up the chemical plant, she didn't think it through fully and is now in extreme danger from all these goons hellbent on revenge against her. Particularly uh, Black Mask, played by Ewan McGregor. Um, he wants yes. to kill her the most. Um, and this all this whole event kind of coincides with Black Mask also trying to get this mystical MacGuffin mm. diamond. So the plot, yeah, mostly revolves around a big ass diamond, which has like some some private bank details like embedded into it, and Black Mask wants it, and it's kind of like this wacky chase oh. as Harley Quinn finds the girl who has it, and is forced kind of to protect her from the Black Mask's goons and various associates. As, yes. Yeah. But that's that's the whole plot. Pretty much. That's like the that's like the plot. So like this is a really simple movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But what's confusing is the storytelling choices mm. for this really, really simple plot. What happens is when you're trying to give um such a convoluted like storytelling with Harley telling it out of order and then filling in gaps with other characters that have further information. When it's a thin plot. Yeah. It's it like doesn't work. Of, it's the illusion of depth. This is a side effect with a lot of um, kind of poorly directed, uh, disjointed narratives mm. for in producing a lot of... It's common to want to tell things in disjointed orders in order to like enhance the sense of like mystery or something like that, but it's completely false. It's just to try and, I don't know, suck it, you in, even it, though it's actually not... Really? Yeah. It's a it weird feels, technique. It feels like padding in some po- pla- places, mm. and I feel like it doesn't need it. Because it's Honestly, sometimes- yeah. Because it feels like it's like a third into the movie when it's like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening. Like, it just kind of cuts off and flashbacks <laughs> and shows this entire other side story, and then cuts back and it's like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. It's the, a really, really strange decision they're just going for that wacky Deadpool styles, man. This would have worked a lot better, I feel, if we just had all five of the main characters from the start and you'd cut in linearly to them in different places, learning different things, disconnected from each other and then coming together. But instead, it's kind of like highlights over time. And by the way, I know this is a Harley Quinn movie, but... The movie kind of forgets the Birds of Prey movie half the time. Yeah, this is barely a Birds of Prey movie. Like, it's very clear. And I remember after Suicide Squad, they greenlit, like, a bunch of spinoffs. Yeah. And um, one of them was a Harley Quinn standalone movie, which David Ayer was supposed to direct, but rightfully gave to a female director, which I think is much more fitting. Um, And it seems like this is what came out. It seems like they wanted to make a Birds of Prey movie and a Harley Quinn movie, and they're like, you know what? And um, <laughs> honestly, the movie should probably just be called like what the 
What was the fucking subtitle for this movie? The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which is awful. Um, it's bad. That's, that's what the movie should be called because the Birds of Prey are like really tacked on. So I felt. that part was really, it's just like the whole come together element. Like, there are a couple characters who's like, okay, yeah, this character's kind of been building the whole time. This character's kind of been there the whole time in the um the detective and uh, what's her name? The, the singer. Well, Black Canary. Black Canary, yeah. Um, those two kind of were there the whole time. Yeah. So they kind of make sense. But then, like, Huntress just kind of appears mm-hmm. and is kind of tacked in last minute. And then when, like, at the end, when they all team up, it's just kind of like they... I don't know. It's just kind of happened. Like, it, it literally, like, they all got into the same room and they're like, well, the screenplay says we have to work together now. I, I think that part worked. I think the movie justified it enough. But I think, and I, I have just, heard I did, rumors. I didn't care. Like, I did, when they came together, I was like, I guess they're together now. Like, it wasn't like a moment or anything. It was just like, uh. You're 100% right. And, like, I feel a little robbed because this, in theory, on paper, this is an awesome girl gang sort of movie, right? Yeah. We we don't have enough of those because they are uh, yeah, cool. Like I think some people, I think like maybe the the like men's rights crowds have died down because I was expecting more backlash to this one, but the people just kind of have gone quiet because I actually think not many people have seen this movie. But like <laughs> I see, like a lot of people could call this, I don't know, in quote her air quotes, feminist exploitation, but that's fine. Like that's totally fine. You're allowed to do that. Like, Fast and Furious and, like, most of the Marvel movies are just, like, masculine power fantasy exploitation movies anyway. So, like, it's fine. I just wish it was better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, um, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation oh, oh, I of remember. one Harley Quinn. I, I'm impressed that you can recite it. I reckon I you're probably... You're probably one or two words wrong, though, because there's so many fucking letters in that. Fucking... I have a good question. Yes. And this is what my friend was saying as we drove to the cinema, but, like, who is this movie for? Uh, my friend I saw it with. <laughs> Specifically, they are the demographic. Yeah. This, this whole movie's dedicated to Lucy. Ah, that's good to know. Because, um, like, I was thinking about it, and it's like, Harley Quinn has brought what seems like the energy of like a 16 year old kind of scene punk girl, which is like a archetype that's long out of date. Um, and then made this like, like violent, like swear filled, like action movie with crazy martial arts and stuff. It's like the, I feel like, I don't know. It's, it's like going for like a teen dem. It feels like emotionally it's going for like yeah. a teen demographic. But then they're like, let's make it fucking ultra violence and like people exploding and like limbs flying and everyone says fuck. And I was like, oh, okay. So the teenagers can't watch this movie. The adults don't want to watch this movie. This movie is exclusively for Harrison's friend. Yes. And that is it. So this movie is completely dedicated to Lucy. <laughs> um... So, yes, you're very right. But before I get into the demographics, I did want to talk about how I think, and I haven't got a full confirmation because I haven't researched it myself, but this movie was clearly a Gotham Sirens movie in development, which would made a lot more sense than a Birds of Prey movie. Do you know that? Mm. Are, are I do you not, aware? I do not know the difference. 
Okay, so the Gotham City Sirens. Um, there's only been one team of them as far as I know, and I really like this book. It's Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and Harley. Okay. And it's just about these... They're probably, out of all the villains in Gotham, they're probably the most fringe, where they actually can potentially do good. They're not the most evil mm, out of everyone. Yeah, they're, they're more in the grey, and they're also, like, more interesting kind of characters. Like, yeah, in the Batman kind of yeah. character-verse, it's like, Catwoman's interesting, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, oh, they're, they're interesting characters. But then on the other end, it's like, oh, here's Renee Montoya, Huntress. The uh, the other one, um, like, <laughs> it's like they're just kind of. It feels like they're trying to rope in new characters, like very half heartedly. But anyways, yeah. So Sirens is specifically a criminal, organ like team. They're roommates. Um, it's actually a brilliant book. Everyone should read Gotham City Sirens. But um, I feel like th- it was this in development. It's because the Birds of Prey are heroes. They are... I don't think they're Gotham exclusive, but they definitely do operate in Gotham a lot. Um, I don't know a whole lot of Birds of Prey because they are their own book and you would have to follow them specifically. Um, But I know the individual characters from various other medium and different books they're in. Um, And I just feel like this movie should have been about criminals but instead we got harley the one criminal and the criminal underworld but then we got all these uh, fringe heroes and i guess but which i guess works on paper but when the fringe heroes are the sideline and not the main thing it feels weird Mm, it feels tacked together it the Um, whole movie has this kind of it they definitely the two things that they had where they had Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn, and yes. they had Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis, aka mm-hmm. Black Mask. Those were the two things that were like, okay, these are two things we have that are good, and then we got to patch the rest together. Okay, I think there's a lot more good in this movie, and I don't want to be super negative on this, but okay. I think the bad elements are well, not the bad, like the not so good elements are interesting to talk about as well. Yes. I'll definitely get into a positive <laughs> praising. Soon what's, enough. What's what are some of your pros, Harrison? What's what's some one of your good points? Um, yes, I'll get into that. But going back to your point about the uh, the people watch the movie. Um, so this this was also advertised on Fortnite, a oh, game for kids. It. Another one. Do we yeah. exclusively review movies advertised on Fortnite? Well, Saying, the- as I said that sentence, I remembered that our last review was Uncut Gems, which I wish was advertised on Fortnite. I'm pretty sure you could get an Adam Sandler skin for Uncut Gems on Fortnite. That would be so good. I would, yeah, that would be I good. I don't play Fortnite, but no. I just like the idea of playing as Adam Sandler in any video game. Yeah. <laughs> Things to what be are we more- talking about? <laughs> we need Adam Sandler in the next Death Stranding. Adam Sandler should be in the next Suicide Squad. Actually, that was well. Fuck, we talked about that last time. That was that was something that was rumored, wasn't it? He or was that yeah Marvel. Marvel. I can't remember. Anyways, um, so this this is rated R seventeen in America, and they put it in a game for kids. Good. Well, technically, Fortnite is like 
like 15 plus or whatever because it's a gun gun shooty game it's a game for kids it's a game for kids regardless of what the rating says fortnite fortnite is a children's game yeah it is so i don't understand what they're doing there and i think that goes back to your point where it's like way too violent for the the generally the core audience but i guess it's for the edgier of that core audience that will see it anyway somehow Maybe that's the target demographic that is like, I saw the Harley Quinn movie and it was wild and violent and says the 15-year-old girl. Yeah, Yeah, it feels like the kind of movie that, like, teenagers would rent. But that's not (laughs) a thing anymore. You can't rent rent, movies anymore. Well, you can rent off YouTube and iTunes. Yeah, but then you you need, like, mom and dad's credit card. Shit. And kids don't have that. Hmm. Yeah. Anyhow. Although, although just pirate it. I think that's what kids do these days. That's good for the studio. Yeah, they love it. And then they'll <laughs> j- make all the money they want. <laughs> um, good business model. Uh, the pros of the movie. Okay. The biggest pro, other than Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, which we already have said really embodies the character quite well, yep. is the violence. <laughs> good segue. It's a very violent movie. It is a very violent movie, and it does violence well, which what? I actually think is hard to do. Yeah, there's something I've noticed with, um, in the last, like, five years, every action scene in every movie is the Raid Redemption. Like... What else can ev- you name? I mean, um, oh, God. Like, I feel like... For instance, every like Netflix series, I think they actually hired yeah. the Raid yeah. Redemption choreographers. So like you watch The Witcher, you watch like Daredevil. Um, all the fight scenes are kind of shot in that very similar way. Like yeah. not quite yeah. anywhere near the intensity of the Raid Redemption, but like that same kind of like martial arts intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- I think the choreography in this movie is genuinely pretty good i thought it was pretty yeah, it was good like the the action scenes were good they were well shot and like the fighting was cool it was easy to follow like really well directed action mm. there were some moments where i thought oh wow they've done a really good job at actually portraying harley quinn with this interesting kind of fighting style like i could believe harley quinn is this like unstoppable badass chick but like this goofball jester like the way she fights like there's a lot of really goofy kind of Mm -hmm. fight moments that i really liked but then sometimes there's just fight moments where it's like just straight up just like martial arts fighting which just seems a bit strange like doesn't feel right seeing just somebody straight up like mma brawling and shit i i didn't mind that um harley harley has a uh, history of being a gymnast which I think they use quite well in the movie. Um, but, like, what, the action scenes are cool. I think they're, they've got impact, which if yeah. you look at, like, Marvel films, they're finding they're like, non-battle action scenes where it's just, like, fist fighting are fucking boring. Mm. It's just, cart- like, it's just flat and cartoony. Not cartoony, but, like, cartoony in the way it just has no um ramifications for the violence like the sound effects aren't there um it just kind of people going oh and then falling down where this movie he had like bones breaking yeah. sound effects this every movie was, this you, movie was gnarly you heard every hit and i thought a lot of these set pieces were really interesting like the police station one where she's like 
fucking got a grenade launcher that has like funny explosions like confetti and all that in it brilliant yeah Yeah, i'll give it that like i can't deny that the action was really well done like really Um, well produced but (laughs) every action scene stays around for way too many beats oh yeah it's like does you you establish the cool thing about that action scene you're like that's really neat don't do it seven more times please Mm. um the 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 fight in the prison where it's like raining not raining but like the sprinkler systems out you're like cool some slow motion water stuff don't do it seven more times please we got the gist and now it's boring you made slow-mo kicking boring how do you do that yeah also every i feel like every fight scene in this movie is like harley quinn beating people up like sometimes with the others Mm. at the very least she's there while somebody else is fighting but all of like the big fight scenes are based around harley quinn i guess she's the protagonist but yeah that's very true um yeah, so I think the action's really cool. There's even like a cool car chase sequence involving also rollerblades and a motorbike. Like the there's Yeah. The- that that one I think was I thought they could have got a little bit more creative with. Yeah. Like that it just felt paced weird. But yeah. um but the idea was good for that scene. But also the downside of the action scenes, even though they're individually really cool, and I would actually watch a lot of them just on their own and have just enjoyment. Um but the problem is, like, they're, they're all the best ones are, like, chunked together in the middle. Like, there's two of the best action scenes happen one after another. Yeah. Spread that shit out. This movie's really paced bizarre. Like, the pacing is all over the shop in this movie. Mm. It's so weird. Um, um God. So that's, that's, that's a big positive for me. Do you have another positive? Another positive. Um, now, this is my main... Highlight. This is my favorite part of the movie, but I also feel like an absolute asshole for saying this, especially such. I know what you're gonna say. Big all girls power fan, like power. You know, big female led power. What I can't even think of the word I'm trying to say. You know, like a big girl power movie. Um, and I think that undeniably, Ewan McGregor is the best part of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Like he's so good. His performance is captivating. Like it's him and Harley Quinn, are, like and Margaret Robbie, are, like by far like the best two actors in the movie. But Ewan McGregor is playing a brand new character for movies. Like Margaret Robbie is functionally just like largely the same as she was in the last yes. movie. So she doesn't like kind of stand out as much. Where Ewan McGregor's Black Mask is new. He's never been adapted into cinema before, and he really carries his character in an interesting direction as this like extremely unstable paranoid narcissistic psychopath with like this just incredible bipolarity between rage and vulnerability like he's just so he's like a pampered prince who is terrified and power hungry at the same time and like with his backstory you can see it all in his character You can see that, because his backstory was like, he was once a big, uh, he was like the son of a big rich crime family and they ousted him with nothing. And then he's rebuilt his empire, but like is very clearly deeply scarred from the experience, like emotionally damaged from that betrayal from his family. And it really reflects like he's this, 
this like I just said, he's just this brat who's terrified, but power he's like all these clashing emotions. He wants to possess he doesn't he wants to possess everything so that he owns everything because he wants to one up his parents. He wants to have everything so nothing can be taken away from him. And whenever something is taken away from him, he has like a full blown like hissy fit tantrum. And like like they like of all the characters He's just one of the few that they give you very little on. Like they actually don't tell you that much. That's pretty. What they just said is pretty much all they tell you. Yeah. But it just comes through the way that he acts, the way he treats people, the way people respond to him. He's just this incredibly unpredictable character, and that makes him like really terrifying. And the fuck, just the way he moves, the way he dresses, and like even his relationship with Zaz is really interesting because you can see the same thing with Zaz like you don't get really any backstory besides him on besides him being uh Black Mask's like goon who does the dirty work that's all he does like he's like this for uh while Roman Sionis is like really anxious and nervous and and all over the place emotionally Zaz is always super calm and collected and has this kind of like gets things done no question one word, he's gone, he's on kind of character. He's like this reliable rock who it's really clear how him and Black Mask came to be like, like, right, uh, like what hell Zaz came to be Black Mask's right hand man in this movie because he's what he needs for stability, but Zaz at the same time, like, kind of feeds off that anxiety. Mm. Oh, it's just. It's that, yeah. yeah, very interesting, they, and I wish there was more. They they were good. They were it's actually exceptional. Um, definitely some of the best parts of the movie. I would agree. Oh, that's really all I have to say. I got it all out then in one breath. <laughs> you exhausted me, now. It reminds me. You and McGregor's performance reminds me even of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, like the way Ooh, he carried himself. That's and a big call. See the pain he's been through to like a lesser extent, but it's that same kind of element of telling your character through your performance and like yes. little exposition, like a show don't tell kind of like classic thing. That's pretty rare to see these days, especially in a mainline superhero blockbuster kind of thing. Sure. Um, yeah, really interesting. And Ewan McGregor is great. Even though his American accent isn't, he's just, he's <laughs> always good. I love him. Uh, one of the things, one of the things I found disappointing about this movie is, the style, I don't think it's quite uh, there. It's, it's gross. I don't think it's. I don't think it's, that, it's, I don't it's, think it's that, gross. It's got that gross DC aesthetic. It. I mean, it's not as bad as it's been in the past, but it's kind of got like a weird. I call it like kind of the vomit tinge. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not wrong. It, it's um, oh, the colors are nice. They still do these like uh, After Effectsy. Uh, character intros with text oh, on the yeah. screen and all that, and they feel like they're half baked. It feels like it forgets about them halfway through the movie, and then they don't come back. Because like Suicide Squad had these, and they were like full frame. They were ugly as hell, and and they were so forced and, and completely tacky. added nothing. Um, this is much more subdued, but it's too far subdued. Where it's like it just feels like. It's tacked on. It just needs a little more character than what it was given. Yeah. It feels like a running joke that they were low-key setting up and then forgot to pay off by the end of the movie. Um, yeah. Because they're constantly teasing that, like, oh, this is who this is. 
and this is their beef with Harley. And we'll have like a little cutaway gag being like what she did to them, unless it was somebody we'd seen earlier in the movie, in which case it might flash back to that scene. Um, um, and it was just kind of slowly getting like, there was some really goofy, ridiculous ones, some really question ones that was just like question mark, which is like kind of funny. But then it just stops. Like. Because that plot line stops and it's all about the gem. Yeah, but uh, they could have got creative with it or something. I don't I, know. I agree. The whole movie really, I was going to, I just remembered this. The whole movie really, the way it's cut, the way it fucking, it really holds your hand through the whole movie. Like it narrates every single beat. It sh- cuts away to remind you of every single beat. So it's like you can't miss a detail, but it's like, come on, like I remember this happening. I remember watching it and it just kept flashing back to earlier scenes in the movie, like little quotes that were like that while we were watching, we're like, Well, oh, that's a like Black Mask just like said something that like is an implication or something, and then later in the movie when it actually happened, it flashes back to that scene. And me and my friend were like next next to each other. My friend was just like, I remember this. Like he said that out loud in the cinema. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah, it's narration is such. It's it's very patronizing. How, yeah, how it's used in this movie is pretty bad. It's and it's overused as well. Um, and again, that ties into the whole like demographic thing. Like it feels like it's for like a teenage audience, but it's not. It's no, too violent. Um, there's something I need to get off my chest though, and this is definitely nitpicking. Yep. Um, so like you said before, I am a pretty big Batman, Batman fan. I've been out of the zeitgeist for a little while, admittedly, but, um, one of my favorite characters is Cassandra Cain and she's in this movie, but she's also not because this has nothing to do with the Cassandra Cain in the comics. I don't even mean like they got their character wrong. It's not even remotely the same character. All right. right, So Harrison, explain to us the character in the movie. Okay, she's this little bratty um, teenage girl who should be the audience surrogate, but the audience would be too young if that was the case, um, who is a pickpocket and she eats the gem and everyone wants to kill her because she has the gem, but she stupidly ate it and I just couldn't help but think about how much that's going to hurt later. (laughs) Yeah. She like, eats it as like uh, to stop the police because she gets caught pickpocketing. She eats it so they don't find it without knowing what it is. Yeah, and, but yeah. also that coming out, oh, that's not going to be good. Mm. And uh, so now, um, oh, what's the character in the comics? Um, she is. Uh, she starts as a mute assassin who is purposely not taught uh, any sort of words or speech. So she grows up heavily dyslexic during her uh, like development period because she doesn't understand words. She's not exposed to it. And she gets raised as the ultimate assassin and she goes for her first kill, immediately sees what damage that does to a person and understands it as an empathetic way and quits that life immediately. And Batman picks her up and adopts her, and she becomes the second official Batgirl, and the first um, Bat family member that Batman actually adopts. Okay. So it's a bit different. It's a bit different because this character is not a mute. Um, she's not an assassin. 
Uh, she's not a good guy. In fact, she's ex like explicitly involved in multiple murders mm -hmm. without batting. She kind of has like a moral panic a little bit, but not really, considering there's just nothing in the character. So this had to have been a different character in the script. There's no way, unless people don't read comic books, which is very possible, there's no way that this was Cassandra Kane from the start. Because there's nothing there. It's just name. Yeah. It's, it's like, I can't even say they, you know, did her wrong or anything. They just didn't do her. They just used her name. It's really interesting how, like, perceiving the characters in this, this, uh, Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad, DC Universe kind of thing. Because it's like, you get the impression most people are kind of, like, normal. Like, there's some <laughs> thugs. Even, like, Black Mask is just, like, this eccentric psychopath. But not, like, nothing like the Joker. Like, he's just, like, a troubled man. <laughs> to put it lightly, he's a but, sadist. Like, you, a narcissist is like, sadist. Cops, yeah, all the cops are just kind of, like, normal people. Like, the girl's normal, like Cassandra Cain. Harley Quinn is, like, she stands out because she's, like, a standout. She's, like, this wacky cartoon character in this otherwise kind of normal universe. Which kind of works. But then they start to, like, bring in these other fringe characters, like, like Huntress and Black Canary. And it just feels really, like, they stand out because they're so kind of in that question mark zone of reality in this universe where they just kind of feel fake and tacky mm. it's weird and also um i don't know i feel like they black canary uh, should we go into spoilers or does it do we not care for this one um i guess if you care but like there's nothing really uh, unless you want to get into real specifics it's more like mild spoilers and anyone who knows the character for this one yeah like, sure. will not be surprised oh, yeah 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 so black canary um, has a supersonic voice or whatever. Like, she mm. can do sound wave blasts with her voice. And in this movie, she's like a singer at the Black Masks Club. And um, really early in the movie, they kind of tease her powers. Like, they have her, like, do a note and, like, a glass explodes. But, like, on the low, like, people don't notice it. And then in the climax of the movie, they're all, they need to get out of this tunnel where they're all getting attacked. And she's just like, I'm gonna do it. And she runs forward and just, like, a full blast and knocks everyone flying. And, like, a bunch of my friends in the audience aren't that familiar with Black Canary. So, when that happened, they literally, like, I saw them, like, turning to each other in the audience. Just like, what the hell? Like, what the heck is, like, where did that come from? And Because <laughs> like, she's the only super-powered person in the whole movie. Yeah, and they also don't really set it up well. No. Like, you've forgotten that has happened. Of all the things that it holds your hands through, that's the one that, like, it doesn't. And then it's just like, remember when that girl shot a magic blast out of her mouth? Oh, yeah. And same, like, yeah. Just weird and kind of shocking and out of the place in, like, a bad foreshadowing kind of way. And also, um, I'm just kind of working my way through the characters now, like the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Huntress was pretty weak. I actually really liked Huntress. See, I really like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. I think she's great and she's yeah. charming and she seems cool. But 
she just kind of was like nothing. She didn't really have a lot to do. Like they set her character up really well throughout the story. They actually like the the was it the the crossbow killer or whatever. Yeah. Um, Which is actually the best joke in the movie. But then when she appears, she's just like, oh, I'm here and I'm a little bit socially awkward. No, I actually really like this char- this version of the character. The problem is they don't give her enough to do. I agree. Mm, um, they, yeah. But like kinda, the- once she's there, she's like, I guess I'm here now. Even like in the movie, she's like, oh, I've done my thing. I'm finished. Uh, what are you guys up to? And then she pretty much joins the Birds of Prey or whatever. Um, yeah, I like the idea of her being the edgy one because that's her whole thing. It's like she's like dramatic and edgy, and yeah. everyone doesn't it, it doesn't gel with the rest of the class because they yeah. find it lame. I she's like not, that. She's not that much edgier than the rest of them. No, but it's she her delivery and her she- poetry of her like. Because she's the crossbow killer, no, the hunter. I can't remember the exact line, but there's one line that actually got me to laugh out loud. Actually, that's one thing about this movie. Um, I expected a comedy. It's not really going for a no, comedy. There's it's a kind of jokes. It's kind of like a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. Every but now it, and then there's a little bit of a... Uh, but it's uh, not like it's a failed comedy because there's not a lot of comedy moments. It's just kind of light co- character moments. Yeah, it's, it's it's not going for its like busted gut like I don't know Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor Ragnarok. It's not going for that. Mm, yeah, I can't think of any jokes that made me like actually laugh like out loud. But I also so- can't think of any that made me go ugh, cringe. Exactly. It was um, all in that middle like eh, kind of tear <laughs> of laughter. Yeah, the only one that did was the the Huntress gag. There's a payoff for that, which I don't exactly remember. I wish they spent more time with Huntress. Yeah, because she's Cause a cool character. I actually she, really like yeah. her in the comics. I I, I just I would I enjoyed like some of the scenes we had with her in the movie, but then by the climax, I feel like the whole movie by the climax just kind of was like, all right, fuck it, we're wrapping this up, <laughs> and just didn't really develop on much else more. No. And it's just kind of a waste. Because, like, yeah. um, Renee Montoya was pretty good. She was very prominent. We got a lot of her. And she's, a like, a good character in the comics as this, like, jaded detective. And I mm. like the actor who played her in this. All the acting in this movie is all around quite good. I um, agree. But she is, I guess, just, like, a generic cop kind of character. But that sort of works because it kind of stands out against like Harley Quinn and all the wacky shit that's going on to have like an 80s cop there. She, It's funny because they point out that she like grew up on 80s cop dramas and she just does all these tropes, but it didn't really stand out to me because yeah. we're watching a movie and she's not saying anything particularly more cheesy than anyone yeah. else. She's very so plain. I don't, I don't understand why that was a character trait because they didn't pull it off. The whole movie kind of feels like Full committed to Harley Quinn, half committed to every single thing else. <laughs> that's perfect. That's 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 what it feels like. Yeah. Okay. So full committed to Harley Quinn, half committed to everything else, three quarters committed to the action scenes. Yeah. All right. Yep. 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 I forgot about the action. Um. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good assessment. It's just nothing. Everything feels so half baked. Outside of Harley yes. Quinn. Yes. It's just like I want. 
Fuck, I don't want to say I want more for such a kind of, like, medium movie, but it would have made it better. The whole movie should have been, like, they needed to, this movie whole, bleh, needed a different producer, I think. It, like, it, it, was, Margot, somebody, it was Margot Robbie producing. Uh, maybe, mm, um, I see. <laughs> uh, I just think it needed a little more time in the oven pre-production because there's all these elements there, and I, I like all of these elements on paper. Having a movie with these characters in it, as a comic book fan, I'm like, hell yeah. There can be a fun Guardians of the Galaxy level movie where it has a lot more comedy in it, where it's like purposely going for laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, you could have a little more fun with the style, get a better like identity for that style. I think it's like 60% of the way there. Um, yeah, develop six, those sides. 60% sounds about right. Um, develop these characters a little bit more other than Harley just a little bit you don't need to overbear it um, where you, they start to feel like real people and not cardboard cutouts yes um, and then keep it with the strong action scenes sprinkle them out a little better and you would have a solid fun movie that I would put on to have some dumb fun but as it stands it's kind of like yeah, a little I, frustrating because you, I, I can see the potential. And that's what I like the least about this movie is because I think it actually had potential. Yeah, it's just like a waste. Like, I'm sad that we're not going to see you and McGregor Black Mask again. Like, I'm oh, we're probably well, going to see Harley Quinn again. I'm assuming yeah. DC are going to bring her back. Suicide Squad 2's cat. Oh, yeah, she's probably going to be in that. But, like... I just found myself struggling to care. I had this moment. I had like mm. an almost existential moment while I was watching this movie. And it was near the climax. And I just kind of like, I don't know, disassociated from the movie a little bit. I was just kind of like thinking. And I was just like, God, I'm feeling nothing just watching this movie. I feel nothing. I do not care. Uh. And then I started to think like, this just reminds me, like, what's a good movie I've watched recently? Oh, man, why did I like that movie? Oh, yeah, because it was, like, I like Uncut Gems. It was like, oh, yeah, it was in- actually interesting. Like, they were going for something new, like, some insane ideas and, like, execution. And just, like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was so invested. And then I just come back to Birds of Prey and it's like, this is just so nothing. But it reminds me... Reminded me of what I really do enjoy watching movies. <laughs> because it had none of it, or very little of it. The, in fact, the little teases of goodness of spread amongst this mediocrity just kind of was like almost like had the reverse effect of enhancing the movie. If anything, it kind of mm-hmm. made the movie worse for me because it was like, here's what you're missing out on. Just a casual <laughs> reminder consistently enough to remember that you're watching this really mediocre movie. Yeah, that all this talent is wasted. I definitely think you didn't like it as much as I did. <laughs> Again, like, I didn't hate it. I just didn't... I just don't care. <laughs> this movie, I just don't care. I was watching it. And I was just like, oh, there it is. I walked in, just no emotion. And I walked out and I was like, nothing. Okay, I'm not going to think about it. After this podcast, I'm probably, like, not going to think about this movie ever again. Um... You're probably right, because there's not a lot here to hook on to. There's no 
Other than the action scenes, which I've said many, many times, there's nothing I'm going to come back for. I don't think. Maybe she curiosity. If I go into the movie knowing what to expect, I might get something out of it. But I really wanted to like this movie. Yeah. Um, as a Gotham fan, seeing some of these fringe characters get adapted. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Uh, it, not quite still, not quite the full package. Is it still fresh in on Rotten Tomatoes? It's still like Oh yeah, I guess we should talk about that. Oh it is. It's certified fresh. So you know, good for the But but look at the look at the average score. It's about like a six. So I think a lot yeah. of people had the same reaction we did, where we're like, it's definitely more good than it is bad. There's nothing really bad about it, so it's not a rotten. But it's not particularly great. <laughs> yeah. Not particularly good even. If you want to watch it, I don't know, watch it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it again. This is uh, Mitch at his most ap- apathetic. Yeah, I also just saw that reviews for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie are starting to come in. Oh. I really want that movie to be good, but I'm not going to derail this in that direction. It's not going to be. I know. Like, I, I'm i not like a big Sonic fan or anything. I just like, I think it would be very entertaining to me if that movie was like universally acclaimed, you know? <laughs> that movie did gangbusters. Like, hell yeah. I don't know what Sonic I would do. The goddamn hedgehog. I don't Jim know what Carey. I would do if that movie became like like a, a pop culture phenomenon, like in a good way. I Did can't imagine. Petition the um the original CGI cut. They should start at like change.org or whatever. Yeah, I, I would I would be more interested if that monstrosity was still the Sonic. I agree. But anyway, Birds of Prey. Yeah, um, final consensus. What else, what else do we have to say? I feel like my consensus is pretty clear. Yeah. I think, um, I feel like I wrote this down somewhere. Let me find it. Um, what did I say before for the dead? No, um, for the Deadpool consensus. Mm, uh, I like, um, you know what? I like this better than Deadpool. Ooh. See, I, I- like- don't like, love the Deadpool movies. Yeah, no, me either personally, but I do acknowledge that the first Deadpool really popped for its time. Like, there was nothing like that in the superhero movie kind of history. And it really just stood out. And it knew exactly what it wanted to be, and it and it li- it landed largely. I, I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. Second time, less so. But, um... See, I don't It definitely think- made an impact. I don't think Deadpool landed for me. Um, it was overhyped for me. I think it does. It doesn't work for me that movie. I but I generally don't love modern Deadpool anyway. Yeah, no. Was- I personally, Deadpool is the most annoying character. Like I, I was surprised by how I don't know. I was not annoyed I was by Deadpool in the first Deadpool movie. The same thing I could say about Harley Quinn in this. I was expecting to be really annoyed or irritated by her character, but I was actually kind of like, oh, she's mm. all right. She's so entertaining. I, pr- I probably like this better than Deadpool because I have a bigger affection for mm. the characters. That makes I sense. Like, I like Harley a lot better than I like Deadpool. That makes sense, yeah. A stretch. Actually, no, I'll, I'll agree to that. Harley Quinn... Like the classic Harley Quinn is such a good character. Um, but Ooh, I found I, f- I did find this my is, 
consensus. How, how many times better is this to Suicide Squad? Oh my god, at least... My my friend walking out of the cinema, his consensus was, this is just if you left Suicide Squad in the oven for like a little bit longer. <laughs> like it has all the same... You could like on a broad sense, it has like a lot of the same flaws and like a lot of the same things that kind of worked. But this movie's a little bit more refined, or marginally more refined, I'll say. Well, not to give Suicide Squad any credit, but it's but like just a bit better in every aspect. You do trade off Jared Leto's Joker for Ewan McGregor's Black Mask, and that's mm, a vast improvement. That's a big step up. Um, uh, I, yeah, okay. So you leave Suicide Squad in the oven a little longer, you get Birds of Prey. If you leave it in the the oven even longer you would get a guardian to the galaxy yes so next time are they gonna finally get it <laughs> uh, the, with the jared oh no fuck with the james gunn suicide squad that oh is yeah the director of guardians of the galaxy maybe they will oh yeah uh oh yeah so my my little consensus i wrote this in the car ride home while its story holds little to no surprises and the first half of the movie is Loaded with overly poppy, annoying cutaway editing, I found myself entertained by occasional small moments of character, action, and choreography. That was surprisingly yeah. positive. I must have walked out of this in a better mood. Um. <laughs> oh shit! We need to go back and redo the whole e- the whole episode. Fuck. Just. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> fuck. I don't know what else can I say. Um. um I- my consent. Yeah. My consensus is that I I I feel like I've been overly negative in this review. That um, it's not a, a full uh, representation of how I feel. I think it's okay. It's fine. It's definitely not good. It's definitely not good. It's definitely not great. But it's fine. Enjoyable. If it looks like it's your jam, you'll probably get something out of it, but yeah. not a lasting impression at all. I think it's fine. Fine In that is... specific tone for me. It's fine. See, I would say it's it's fine. Okay. I like <laughs> the idea of our consensuses being um completely tonal and completely if you write the same but in different tone. Uh if you wrote this down mm. as a review, as like text. It would not work. It would not work. I like that. <laughs> I heard this review was bombing. Uh, I I can't I can imagine it's got an R a an R rating in America that cuts you know people yeah, saying but like yeah. Logan made money and Deadpool made money yeah yeah and Joker made bank and Joker but, oh yeah but we one. already established that the demographic like you know they can't see it that's fair um. It's interesting something um something I've been thinking about. I kind of like how DC with their movies kind of has like the anti-cinematic universe going where they're just like fuck it, let's retcon Suicide Squad Joker and then immediately make Joaquin Phoenix Joker and then immediately follow that with a direct sequel to the movie we just retconned and um fuck it. <laughs> you want to make a movie? Make a movie. You want to play this character? Sure. Fuck it. Let's do it. I don't. We don't give a shit. And I kind of like that. It's refreshing. It's definitely working much. 
iron claw, like iron hand. Of it's working much better for DC than it has in the past. Reminds me of unhinged superhero movies from the 90s and 2000s, you know, where it's like, who knows what the fuck you're going to get. Yeah. Blade? Maybe. Uh, could happen. Well, it is happening again. Oh, yeah, they are. Nobody knows exactly what it's going to be. It's like, is it going to be a TV show? No, no, no. Is it going to be a movie? It's going to be Blade. Disney doesn't know it. All they know is Blade. No. <laughs> and Mahershala Ali. Which actually, uh, I'm He's pretty good. down for. Yeah, I'd be down for him. Um, they, should have, they should have brought Wesley Snipes back. He's still alive. <laughs> He's out of prison. He's good to go. <laughs> he can still act. He was in Dolomite is my name and he was pretty good. <sighs> but yeah. Um, fuck, what notes do I have? I think that's it. I think I'm good. I think I'm wrapped up. Mm. I think that's all the time I'm willing. I will end this on one last note. And I said this before I walked into the theater with my friends. And mm-hmm. I said this. As I walked out, I say, I hate, and then in air quotes, songs in movies. Oh, fuck. We didn't get into that. There's so much. Every it's, like action scene has like a pop song. Or, like, it's so remix. bad. And it's just like every fucking movie does this. Like every trailer in particular. But it, I remember, um, thing about Suicide Squad is that it was literally edited by like five different editors. And one of them was a trailer company so like it was full of all these poppy songs and stuff that just try and trick you into thinking you were entertained but this movie Hmm. just doesn't i'm just over it it's just so tacky and you know what the one scene they don't do that for is like that car chase scene and it has the score it has the score going for it and it works so much better yeah fuck yeah that was a big point i was supposed to bring up fuck uh i think that's fine Really, that's all I could really say about this movie. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Watch it for you and McGregor if you are going to watch it. Watch I it like for the action watch. scenes. The action, yeah. Harley Quinn, Margaret Robbie. She's Australian. We're, like, obligated to support her, I guess. It's it's in our constitution. Yeah. Some friends of mine I met in uni claim to once have a... Uh, Cyberbullied Margot Robbie hmm. for an extended period, which is very cruel, but really interesting. Because back then, like what, 20, 15 years, 10, 15 years ago, she was just she was just like an actress on Neighbours, which is just <laughs> an Australian soap opera. And um, they found her on Facebook and added her, and she just added them back. And they were just like, ha, 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 this actress, we're just going to like tease her and stuff like that. And now, like, all of a sudden, she heeled turn and was like, oh, she's co-starring with Leonardo DiCaprio out of nowhere in The Wolf of Wall Street. And they're just like, oh, fuck, we've made a powerful enemy. <laughs> but yeah, Margot Robbie's good. We'd like yeah. to see her do more interesting roles like this. I definitely wouldn't cyber-bully her. Don't cyber-bully her. She'll no. break both your kneecaps. Yeah. There's a lot of leg breaking yeah, in this movie. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was j- just crossed my mind. There's a lot of leg snaps in this movie. Like, more Oof. than I've seen in anything that wasn't the Raid Redemption. <laughs> but, like, specifically leg snaps? Specifically, like, <laughs> no cutaway, just, like, knees popping backwards. It's Whoa. so good. It is actually pretty good. Uh, so, how many leg snaps out of ten? How many leg snaps out of ten? I don't usually like to... 
rate movies out of like numbers, but, but I do like leg snaps. Leg snaps. <laughs> if it's leg snaps. I would. How do you count this? Is one leg snap like one leg, or is one? Like, <laughs> is two leg snaps like two? Oh uh, shit! I think we need to workshop this. We I didn't expect this. it. Um, I'll definitely give it one leg, one or two leg snap. You know, I'll give it two leg snaps. One for Margot, one for you and McGregor. Out of ten. Out of I don't know what. Oh, <laughs> just two leg snaps. Can there only be ten leg snaps? Well, this movie has like fifteen. Yeah, so that fuck. You know what? I'll give it an extra third leg snap there, just for the the action sequences. Well, I I, I would propose putting an extra leg snap in for the leg leg snaps. The concept of like you're not fine, and <laughs> it also evens it up. Like that's four legs, so that's like two people who have, like you know, yeah. imagining like two people losing both their kneecaps at once. Mm. <laughs> <When you> make- <laughs> I was about to say we need to make this happen like Gladiator Star where it's like it has been decreed and then our goons have to go and snap some legs. Mm, because we have goons. Yes. I hear it Watch Out a Movie podcast. We <laughs> have <laughs> goons. Mm. And if you disagree with us online, we... Um, we'll leg snap you. We'll leg snap you. Based on whatever we reviewed last. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned to know how many leg snaps... Whatever the hell we review next is going to be. How many leg snaps do you reckon are going to be in a movie like The Lighthouse? Or Sonic the Hedgehog? Sonic the Hedgehog, at least 30. Somebody has to snap a leg in Sonic the Hedgehog. I hope it's Sonic. Yeah. Well, there's got to be a bit where he's, like, surely, like, weakened, like, the raise the stakes or something. Like, in, the com- in like, a like a big final battle, he would get, like, wounded and everyone would be like, Oh, no, fucking Jim Carrey's going to get us. You know, that kind of moment that's in all the movies. But his, like, leg is, like, completely snapped. Yeah, fucking backwards, you know, like, knee popped kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) There's a little bit of blood spurting out. Sonic the Hedgehog is going to be the most violent bloodbath of 2020 cinema. Well, just just the, um, just the reviews. Oh, the first few reviews have been decent. This is, like, day one, though. They always pay for those. Yeah, we're we're recording this on the day that Sonic the Hedgehog came out in Australia. Well, what are we doing talking about birds of yeah, prey there? <laughs> I actually really wanted to convince my friend to take me to the cinema he worked so I could see it, but <laughs> they've, all, they've all disappeared on me. And Do you know um, what? They're releasing Sonic the right time. You can go take your Valentine's date for Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. It's perfect. I'm going to tell my girlfriend that tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to try and get her with that one. Uh, next week Mitchell doesn't have a girlfriend <laughs> 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 tune in tune in <laughs> <laughs>